All right, hello everyone. Happy Friday. I've made it to another Friday. Let me take my phone out of my pocket here. Let's put that right there. Uh, okay, let's shuffle around some chats and see if there's anything else we need to do before we get going. I can close these things. Those. Let's pull up circuitpython.org. We'll talk about that there. Uh, and then we've got Discord chat, we've got YouTube chat. We can close down the OBS so that we don't need to see that one there. Uh, how's it going, Be Autograph? Happy Friday, thanks for tuning in. Uh, let's see here. What's this? That one right there. Uh, what's a hack tablet? Yeah, good question, uh, Tamzid. I will explain that, and there is good news for you if you are interested in one. Um, there is a chance for you to enter to win, uh, enter a giveaway to win one. Just saw this notification on your app. Interesting. Uh, nice. And uh, I guess uh, thank you for subscribing for notifications if you did, uh, as long as I didn't bother you, in which case, I apologize, but you could probably turn it off somehow. Uh, how's it going, Paul SK? Happy Friday. Um, okay, so let's do quick introductions. Um, uh, uh, how's it going, Mark Gambler? Uh, so hello, everyone. My name is Tim, and I go by Foamy Guy on the GitHub and Discord. Um, this is the Deep Dive program. This is a weekly stream. Um, we are going to be looking at CircuitPython stuff. That's what we're deep diving into is CircuitPython stuff. For folks that don't know, this was a stream started by Scott Shawcroft, the lead developer of CircuitPython, uh, of the CircuitPython core specifically. And oftentimes uh, during the stream when Scott did it, um, it would be working on uh, core CircuitPython stuff, adding new features, fixing bugs in the core, you know, doing new things inside there, stuff like that. Um, I work a little bit higher level typically. I'm not obviously not as uh, in-depth into the core as Scott is, being the lead developer in the core. I have dabbled a little bit. I'm getting more and more knowledge all the time, um, but I am still at the level where I can do only relatively basic things inside the core. Uh, but I do also do a lot of work on the libraries and associated infrastructure like cookie cutter and some of the other actions, utilities, and things like that. So this stream is all about uh, working on CircuitPython stuff. If you are brand new to all of this and you actually don't know what CircuitPython is, um, you can head over to circuitpython.org to learn more. This is a great place that has some high-level information about it. But I'll give you the quick rundown right here. Uh, CircuitPython is basically an implementation of Python that can run on tiny computers called microcontrollers. Uh, these little main chip right in the middle there and this main chip here, this main chip that's under this little metal cover on this one, these are called microcontrollers. They're basically just tiny computers for all intents and purposes. Um, and they can interact with other electronical hardware via the pins. So like on this Raspberry Pi Pico here, there's lots of pins on either side. Um, the CircuitPython code that is running on this device is able to interact with these pins. You can connect buttons and lights and beepers, um, you know, displays, levers, pretty much any kind of little electronic widget you can think of. You can connect up with these pins and then write some Python code, save it on this microcontroller and have it like run and interact with that thing. You know, get the results from a sensor, display it on a screen, uh, do something when somebody pushes a button, that sort of stuff. So um, that is what CircuitPython is all about. 
is writing Python code on these microcontroller devices. Um, this is the downloads page where you can download CircuitPython for your device. And one thing that you'll see, there are lots of devices that support CircuitPython. We have 328 devices right now, um, and they come in all different shapes and sizes. So we have a circle here with some nice alligator clips. We have, of course, the Raspberry Pi Pico with its uh, breadboard header uh, pins that are unlabeled on the top side. We've got feathers, which are also breadboard pins. There's a macro pad there, which has got some built-in uh, key switches on it, uh, mountable key switches that you, you know you can plug in there. Um, all different shapes and sizes, some big, some small, some in between, um, different peripherals on board, all kinds of different stuff in these different devices. Uh, but the thing that ties them all together is they all support CircuitPython, so we can write this code on them to interact with our devices. Um, if you're interested in learning more, again, head to circuitpython.org. The other thing you can do is uh, join us on the Discord, which is linked down below. Uh, adafru.it slash discord. There's a CircuitPython dev channel there. There's also a help with CircuitPython channel there. Um, those are great places to uh, get involved if you're, you know, if you don't know more, if you want to ask questions, or if you want to learn more about what CircuitPython is or get help uh, on, you know, doing something with CircuitPython, that's a great place to go. Um, if you are interested in supporting CircuitPython, there's a couple of ways you can do it. Uh, one of them is by contributing code or testing or reviews or things like that. CircuitPython is an open source project. All the development occurs uh, in the open on GitHub, as well as uh, communication in the Discord, which I mentioned before. Um, so you, know, you, you can get involved with this if you would like. A uh, great place to go if you want to do that is circuitpython.org, and then click this contributing link right at the top here. That's going to list out all the currently open uh, pull requests and open issues across all the libraries. So um, this is all Python level code. This is writing and reading Python code, you know, either implementing new features or fixing bugs or just reviewing changes that somebody else made. Um, these tend to be kind of like the places where we first get people involved when they want to start helping contribute to CircuitPython. So head there, click contributing. You can find those open issues. Again, if you have questions about anything, uh, head over to the Discord and ask inside there. Uh, another thing you can do, though, if you want to help support CircuitPython but not necessarily contribute to development or testing or anything like that, um, you can actually just purchase hardware from Adafruit. So this is their website, adafruit.com. Uh, Adafruit is a hardware and software company based out of New York, and they're the company who pays the team that works on CircuitPython. So uh, Scott, like I mentioned before, the, the lead developer, as well as a couple other folks, uh, our full-time um, work for Adafruit on the CircuitPython project. There's a couple other folks on the team that work on it part-time, like myself. Um, and Adafruit is the one paying us to work on this open source project, CircuitPython. So thank you to them. And thank you to anyone who wants to help support the effort by purchasing hardware from them. They sell all kinds of the microcontrollers, as well as all the different kinds of stuff that you can plug in and do with the microcontrollers. You know, the screens and lights and buttons and knobs and beepers and um, you know, wires to connect everything up with, alligators, breadboard jumpers, knobs, um, all that kind of stuff they sell. So you can uh, go there, get yourself some toys, have some fun with that stuff. Uh, they also, of course, have the Learn system, learn.adafruit.com, which is where uh, there are thousands of different projects uh, hosted in here that you can make with the devices that they sell on adafruit.com. So uh, again, thank you to Adafruit, and thank you to folks who want to purchase hardware from them in order to help support the CircuitPython project. So let me catch up a bit on the chat. Um, can I use it with my flipper? I don't know for sure what your flipper is, so I couldn't say for sure. Uh, nope, just got off work, so I'm good. Um, I 
Can't wait for my new hot plate to get here Tuesday. Nice. You're going to do some soldering uh, with that? Is like surface mount soldering? Is that what you got going on there with the hot plate, Beata? Is there a link for the hack tablet? And does Adafruit have a physical store in NYC? Good questions. There is a link for the hack tablet. I will drop that in the chat here in a minute. Uh, and we'll talk about that as well because today's a special day for the hack tablet. Um, does Adafruit have a physical store in New York City? They, to the best of my knowledge, they do not have a physical store in New York City. To the best of my knowledge, um, the general public is not necessarily welcome to just come to Adafruit. It is a factory. First and foremost, they ship uh, all the products out of there. So they do have a factory um, in New York City. Uh, they are physically located there. Uh, but it's not a place where you can go and actually shop for products. You have to purchase your products online and then they ship it to you. Um, so there's not a place that you can go to purchase things, but there is a physical location there. That's where they're based out of. That's where they ship all the uh, goods out of when you purchase them from the website. Um, let's catch up here a little bit more on the chat. Mark Gambler, how's it going? Uh, hello all, hope the day is going well. Yeah, thanks Keith Lee. Hope your day is going nicely as well. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Paul Cutler, how's it going? Um, okay, so hack tablet. Let's talk about the hack tablet. A couple more items of housekeeping, and then we'll dive into the actual coding and uh, deep diving for the day. So uh, next up is the hack tablet device. I'll drop the links for this in both of the chats right here. This is the link to the gist, which contains information about the hack tablet giveaway, as well as a link right here to the entry form. Today is the last day to enter. Uh, to win a hack tablet, I will be doing the final drawing to give away the remaining hack tablets later on tonight. Probably uh, my plan is after I get done with the deep dive stream, it generally goes about two hours. Um, so we got about an hour and 50 minutes from now. After I get done with that, I'm going to shut down the stream, uh, go and eat something because uh, I'm already a little hungry. I can tell I'm going to be definitely very hungry by the time I end. Um, I'm going to eat something. I'm going to get the new entries all together, get the little slips of paper created for them. Uh, and then probably like an hour or two after this stream, I will come back, stream on my own channel just for a short period of time to do the, the final drawing. So if folks are interested in uh, watching the drawing happen this evening live, um, you can follow me on Discord, uh, excuse me, on, uh, on Twitch, uh, or you can find me on YouTube as well, uh, FoamyGuy underscore Twitch. Um, I'll drop links to that stream in the same Discord here when I do get started with it later on tonight. So there will be links later on if you want to watch that. Um, but that's what you can do if you want to watch the final drawing. If you would like to enter to win the hack tablet, now is basically your last chance. So I recommend that you go to this link that I put in the chats uh, right away. Find the, you know, read the information about it. There's information about the device and about the giveaway, um, how it's going to work, all of that sort of stuff. There's information here. So read that. Uh, click yourself over to the entry form and fill in your information because you basically have, um, I'll say pretty much until the end of this stream, so about an hour, uh, hour 50 minutes, give or take. Uh, you definitely want to do it sooner rather than later, though, if you want to get in because you don't want to miss it. So um, get your entry in. And then, like I said, um, after I get done with this stream, I'll eat some dinner. I will pull all of the latest entries. So that's kind of when we're officially closing is when I pull those entries after I eat, then I will come back, uh, do another stream on my own channel where we will pull the names. Um, we are gonna be giving away three hack tablets tonight. We're gonna be drawing names for three hack tablets. 
Um, the original plan was to do two, uh, well, the original plan was to give away three on the first drawing, which has already occurred a couple of weeks back, and to do two tonight, um, the remaining two, because we had five total to give away. Uh, one of the folks who did get selected on the previous one never did uh, get back to me. I reached out to them a couple of times, never got any response back. So um, that one kind of goes back in the pot, if you will. That one's back in the hat. So we're actually going to be drawing three names tonight uh, for some lucky winners of the Hack Tablet devices. Um, so that is the Hack Tablet. Again, I dropped the links for that. And like I said, you know, we're closing that tonight. So if you're interested in that, I would recommend you go fill that out right now. Don't... Uh, don't necessarily wait to do that until after the stream or anything. You want to get that entry form in right away um, just so you don't miss it this evening. Um, so thank you to everyone who has entered already the giveaway. Uh, thank you to everyone who has watched any of the streams about the Hack Tablet or just been interested in following the project. Uh, and then, of course, obviously, thank you to KMatch, uh, Kevin Mutocha, who's the one who created these devices and did the initial work inside CircuitPython to allow them to be certain um, supported with uh, CircuitPython in order to draw on these particular displays. So thank you to all of those folks. Again, get your entry form in. Uh, I know I've said that a few times, but I just want to stress it. I just really don't want anybody, if they're interested in it, to miss out. I would I would hate for somebody to uh, reach out to me after the drawing and say, oops, you know, I, I missed it, um, missed my chance, but I wanted to enter. So uh, go ahead and get those entries in, follow the link, go to the entry form, get that done. Um, Next up, small piece of housekeeping. Actually, let me catch up on the chat here real fast. I don't think they have a physical store, uh, or at least used to the offer same-day shipping in New York City. Uh, there may be a reseller in New York City. I don't I know there are resellers um, in different parts of the world. I don't know about New York City specifically, if there's a different reseller there or if they just ship straight from there. Um, I, I have heard before about same-day shipping. I can't, I can't confirm that necessarily, so this is not like a promise of same-day shipping or anything. Uh, I should mention, too, like I contract with Adafruit part-time to work on the CircuitPython project. Um, I have nothing to do with the shipping or anything like that, so I don't have any kind of inside details or honestly really know anything about the shipping process other than like when my own orders get shipped, when I buy my own toys. Um, so I can't say for sure. Uh, I think I have heard something like that in the past as well about uh, same day or, or quick shipping if you are inside New York City. Um, but they do ship all over the U.S. and to many parts of the world as well. Uh, anywhere where uh, UPS will deliver, they tend to, to be able to ship your stuff there. Uh, there are resellers, though, in other places which might make it uh, easier in terms of the shipping fees, especially if you're in a different country, for instance. Um, Joel H. & Co., Bon Appetit, Fumigao, and Food Happens. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so that's going to be dinner. Okay, so last item of housekeeping. Uh, I just wanted to show this. This is a couple of different videos that I have put out the last couple of days. So if folks are interested in this project, um, I'll drop this link to the playlist as well. Uh, you can head here and watch these videos if you're interested. This is basically a, a, um, a Feather, a Feather RP2040, the pink Feather RP2040, which I actually happen to have loaded up in the camera right here as well. Um, this is a project where we're basically linking this actual physical real uh, pink feather uh, up with a virtual one inside of Minecraft and then tie the two together so that we can actually interact between the pins on the feather uh, and then the pins inside the virtual one inside Minecraft. Um, so that's what this project is about. And the news on this is that I've been publishing the videos that show you how to set this up. So I showed this a couple of months back on Show and & Tell and I have uh, finally done the work to make it reproducible for other people. For the longest time, it was kind of hard-coded to, like, my device's serial port and my own setup. 
Um, and I kind of had some placeholder names on some different stuff that didn't make too much sense. But uh, I've done a lot of work to get it uh, ready to actually be, you know, replicated by other folks, uh, make it more general so that you can put in your own serial port and all that stuff. Um, and the first three videos are out, so I wanted to just take a minute to point to those. The first one is probably the one to watch if you just want the high-level uh, introduction over what this project is. Um, so check that out if you just want to learn more. That'll show you what it what it does and, and what it's for. The next two are all are uh, basically uh, how-to videos if you want to set it up for yourself. So if you watch the first one and decide that looks pretty cool, I want to make one of those for myself, um, then you can follow along with the rest of these videos as well. Right now we have two of the how-to videos. One of them is getting the server set up. It uses a server application called Spigot, uh, which is just a Minecraft server. Um, you have to get that set up. And then you also, the next one we have is pasting the feather inside your world. So that's how you actually get this giant feather into your world. You don't have to build it block by block or anything like that. So these two videos are out. They'll show you how to do those two steps. Um, I still have more on the way that will show you the rest of the process. So keep an eye back onto this playlist. If you are interested in this project and you do want to replicate it for yourself, um, keep an eye on that playlist and we'll be adding the next couple of videos here in the uh, coming days for um, actually getting the script loaded on your feather and then actually initializing it so that the two will talk back and forth together. That's the bit that's not covered yet in any of the videos. Um, so that is the last bit. And with that, I will catch up on the chat one more time and then jump in. That's thermally inactive. Cool. Nice. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. So I'm going to start today by just making a pass through some PRs. Uh, so one of the things that I do in the CircuitPython uh, land and the CircuitPython community is review uh, pull requests. I like to do that on stream from time to time to show folks the process, to let people kind of see behind the curtain, if you will, um, to see what reviewing is like, just to try to get the word out there, let people see how it, you know, how it's done, what it's like, and that sort of stuff, just to encourage people um, to get involved themselves. So if, you know, if people watch me review and, um, you know, it maybe starts to make it look like not such a, a daunting or intimidating process, um, then, you know, hopefully we can find new reviewers that way as well. So that's what I'm going to start with today is doing a couple PR reviews. And I like to do it just from the contributing link. I talked about this link before. This is really nice because it shows you all the pull requests and it lists out how old they are as well. And of course, these are links on a web page. So they turn blue and purple. When I click on it, I know which ones I've seen before, of course. Um, so that's where I'm starting today is just working on some of this uh, PR reviews. And so I'll just jump right in from the top. We have a PR from seven days ago, RS Bone. Thank you for this. Uh, basic BME280 provides a simplified interface to the device. Advanced BME80 provides additional functionality. Each of these uh, classes have subclasses for I2C and SPI buses. User will instantiate the appropriate subclass based on their connection. So you use either BME280 I2C, excuse me, or BME280 SPI, for example. Pilot complains that there's duplicate code. Yeah, so that I'm definitely familiar with Pilot complaining about that. Who's not familiar with Pilot complaining, right, though? I guess that's kind of its job. Pilot complains that there's duplicate code between the base and advance. The code to instantiate, read, and write the device is duplicated in both implementations. This pull request provides a single implementation of I2C and SPI. They use the star.impl. I added the parameter to the init. Uh, to get the selected implementation class. Questions, is protocol the right name for the containing file uh, using the different bus specific implementations? Is there a better name than star impl? 
is there a proxy or perhaps a delegate the data attribute in Adafruit VME 280 should be renamed accordingly. Uh, I can't say as though I understand the last one. I'm not really sure what it means, a proxy or a delegate here. Um, yeah, so I don't know that I can, I don't know that I could necessarily comment on that one all the way. Um, so I'll take a look over the code though, because uh, that's what reviewing is all about, is just taking a look at the code, try it out if you have the device for it, uh, which I'm pretty sure BME 280, I think it's built into some devices. So uh, I will, I don't think I have one just as like its own thing. BME 280, let me open this page in my other browser here. Because one of the nice things about the site Adafruit is if you're logged in, it will tell you if you purchased a thing in the past and what date. Doesn't look like I have one for that. I don't think I did purchase that, but I'm pretty sure it's built in on something. Is it? Is that on the Feather Sense or the uh, Circuit Playground Bluefruit Pi Portal? Not the Titano. Is that the one that's on the Pi Portal? There is, I, I think there, yeah, there is a temperature sensor on there. BME, I didn't say, let's go into the guide. Check pinouts. If nothing else, we could just look at the library because the library will have to import BME 280 if that's the kind of device it is. BME, we got nothing here. So does that, does it actually say temperature sensor? Does it specify back on the product page? Temp Richard, no, it just says temperature sensor. Okay. Sensor. So temperature. Ah, ADT7410 is the one that's on here. So it is a different one. We'll check out a couple others, though. I, I have a, a sort of play on Bluefruit right here. I think there's one on the Funhouse. I have a Funhouse somewhere as well. I'd have to run and grab that one, but I could definitely do that. Blue fruit. Let's look there. Let's head to shop also, actually, or I'll just click this one. Temperature sensor. Oh, this one says Thermsister. Thermsister. I think that's different uh, than a BME. I don't think it's the same thing. I think that's analog. Maybe, uh, whereas BME is... Uh, I2C, so it's basically sending, not binary, but like sending text data back and forth, kind of. Uh, thanks for the review, by the way. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for all of your work across everything, right? All the libraries, all the core. I've seen your name pop up quite a bit, so thank you for all the work you do. Um, let's check Feather Sense. I have a Feather Sense also. Feather Sense. Uh, yeah, Feather Sense. Mine's blue. I don't know for sure. Temperature, BME, oh, BMP, BMP 280, is that different? Does this cover, does this cover BMP? It doesn't look like it. I get it now. Entry form on the GitHub page is clickable link. It's one of those days for me, I guess. Uh, yeah, yep, yep. Entry form on the gist is a clickable link that will take you over to a, uh, a Google form, basically, where you can put your information in. Also, I should mention, I should have said this back when I was talking about the hack tablet and I forgot it then. Um, one thing that will happen for the people who are selected, I'll reach out to you 
to ask for a phone number also. Uh, it turns out we actually want to get a phone number for the shipment. Uh, these things, these hack tablets, they're shipping from the Adafruit factory uh, there in New York, and the, the standard shipping process is to include a phone number uh, as part of the shipment uh, details for tracking and such. So uh, I forgot to put that, or I, I didn't realize that we would want that when I made the initial form. So that is not on the initial form, but I will reach out to folks uh, in the email that you submit in that entry form. So make sure that's a good email. Um, I'll reach out to you to ask for that, and then I'll pass that along to PT at Adafruit for the shipment. Um, so just be aware, uh, if you do get selected, that's one thing that I'll ask you for is uh, a phone number that can be attached to the shipment. Um, PME280, so let's do check Funhouse. I do also have a Funhouse. Uh, let me catch up here. I have one, just hadn't had my office put back together, so I haven't gotten to this beyond trying to figure out if this pull request, uh, basic but still a small memory footprint. I gotcha. Let's go Funhouse. Temperature. Temperature. EPS 310, barometric pressure and temperature sensor. Ooh, I wonder. I'm running out of devices that I can think of that do have a uh, sensor on there. Is it not a built-in device on anything? I really thought it was. EME 280. What device would it be? The Clue, maybe? I mean, I think the Clue is going to be pretty much the same as the Feather Sense. BMP 280. So is that a different library? This is probably why I'm thinking it's built in, is I'm surely just thinking of the BMP 280 not the BME 280. So yeah, this is its own library. Hmm. I may not have one. I may not have one. We'll have to take a look. Feather? Oh, Feather TFT? I didn't know there was a sensor on that. Okay, I definitely have one of those. This has quickly become kind of like my go-to device for testing and developing on. The fact that it's a small feather footprint with a built-in display and a pretty fast processor and a lot of RAM, uh, this has basically just become my like go-to device. If I just need to test a random thing, I've always got one of these on my desk. Actually, I always got two of these on my desk at this point. Um, and it's just right there within arm's reach, and I grab it and test stuff on it all the time. Let's get this back under here. Try to... So we can actually see a bit here. That's worse, isn't it? Well, I don't know that we'll get... I guess that's pretty good there. The screen is small enough we don't get too much glare. Okay. Uh, thank you. Who was that? See, Grover, thank you for that. I appreciate that quite a bit. Yeah, I had no idea there was a temperature one on this device, uh, which 
honestly, it makes me like it even more as a as a, just a random grab and test device. Uh, so to start with, let's just grab the stock version of this library. Let's get it set up so we have some code to test with. A uh, big part of reviewing is looking over the code. Another big part of reviewing is testing it out if you got the device for it. Got to step out for a bit. Might be back before the stream ends, but if not, I hope everybody's weekend starts off well. Yeah, nice. Uh, thanks for hanging out for a bit, Keith. And uh, same to you. If you uh, do end up not making it back before we're done, then I hope you have a nice weekend as well, for sure. Thanks, my friend. Um, let's see here. I was able to run the M0 Cutie Pie when it used the MPY file. I gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, Cutie M0s do have fairly little RAM, so I could see needing the MPY file there. Uh, so what I'll do, I actually have got old, I probably don't want this open, do I? But it's probably going to open itself again when I click on this, isn't it? So, so what we'll do is try to move this. Can I move this? Nope, too slow. Can I move it now? Sorry, this is non-CircuitPython stuff. We don't necessarily want to show that. Get to CircuitPython land here. I got my PyCharm open. I was still open from the workday. Go. Workspace, we'll start there. Okay, first thing is uh, I'll go ahead and just update. I have no idea what version is running on this, it's probably some crazy random build of something. I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll. Level set by getting a stock version, just make sure we're not having a weird version that does something differently and ending up with false, like, red herrings, essentially, where something doesn't behave the same, but it's actually just because it's a different version. Grab that, we'll open it up. We want to go to bootloader, which is, uh, is it double? Click reset, or is this one of the ones that's reset and then boot? Double click reset. So we'll copy that. We will put it on our boot drive there. So we install this latest version of CircuitPython. Uh, 8.0.0.0 beta, dash beta, zero. Let that install. While that's working, let's see if we have uh, this project cloned already, BME280. Let me open a different one, actually, though. Oh, what's that stuff? Let's go to this one. New window. Oh, I just did this window. Nice workspace. New window. Here. Well, it's not going to be interesting. Open. We have a BME280. Got a bunch of libraries, but is that one of them? Nope. EMP only. No BME. So let's clone that. Oh no. That's interesting. All of Firefox dead? 
it's kind of a bummer. Is it this thing? Oh boy. We have done it now, haven't we? Okay, now we got control back. Um, clone. I need to clone this. We can now open it. Open it from the other one, though. So I'm going to start with just taking the simple test, put it on my device, and just run it with the current version of the library. So we're going to just test the baseline um, control, essentially, you know, control group. We're going to test the one that's normal with no changes before we look at the PR one, just to level set. This is something I was using to test something else. It's Adafruit.io example, I think. that put it in here and I'll save it um, we'll connect most likely this will have just crashed or maybe not oh now we crash crashed That's not good. What happened there, I wonder? Huh. Okay, well, I'm going to press reset. Yeah, that's more like what I was expecting. So can we make that happen again if we just ripple and then back? No. I don't know. I'm not going to be able to see that one again. That one's a ghost. Um, we'll copy it to our device. I will just use the Python one, so I should have plenty of RAM. 
Well, let me uh, shuffle my things here. I started trying to find broken Firefox windows and I got my chats covered up. Okay. So we should now not get the same error. Now we get error no device at 77. Next thing we can start doing is figure out if there's different addresses or anything like that, or if possibly it's not connected on the I2C bus, maybe it's connected on the SPI bus. Uh, the pinouts page, which Seagrover so kindly linked us to before, probably will have that information for us. Oh, unpopulated. Oh, okay. Ah. It's not actually there. Uh, is it there on the S3? I think they have an S3. No. Same thing, empty space. Oh, there's a separate one that does have it populated. I don't think I got one of those. Well, uh, well, and this one doesn't have the screen, of course. I don't show a purchase history for it. I didn't get one. Cutie M0. Is it built into the Cutie M0? Probably have one of those somewhere. No. Connected through Semaport or something, probably there. Okay. Um. I can't think of anything else that might have it. Okay, we may not be able to run it. May not, I may not actually have one. I will take one quick look. I don't want to just step away and go digging through all of my stuff. I'm going to take one quick look, though. I'm going to go look in my box, which has got a bunch of these Stemma things. Uh, I will be back in just one moment. And then uh, if we don't have it, we'll just review the code and see what we can do from there.
Okay. I think we came up empty, but I got a couple things to check. And I'm thinking perhaps most likely, but still maybe not, is Metro. From there, uh, is the BME six eighty? Saw that in the results. I think is that the same library? So we could maybe test with that. I did. I think I saw one of those. No, 680 has its own. Yep. Okay. So then really the only chance is if it happens to be built into one of these other devices that I grabbed, and I'm not sure that it's going to be, but we'll take a look. I have one on a SparkFun breakout. Oh, interesting. Nice. I have mainly SparkFun microcontrollers. I have a couple different SparkFun microcontrollers, but not much in the way of their peripherals. So Metro ESP32-S2. I know there was a couple of the other ESP32-S2 devices, like we saw that Feather that has it as an option. So maybe there's one on here. one's connected at least via stemma probably not built in scroll nope um halloween halloween has got some sensors i think but not sure about that one in particular no As an accelerometer, has a light sensor. Does not have a temperature sensor. Unexpected makers? No. All right. Well, I think we won't be able to test it. Apologize for spending that much time on trying to track down a device, but I was I was almost positive this was built in. I think the BMP key for Paul um, really threw me off. So I, I was thinking that was E, but it's actually not. Set these here for now. 
and we'll just take a look at the code. So, ICC impl, spy impl, typing union, so it can be one of those two things. Proxy, oh, okay, this is maybe where it was saying proxy. Is this a proxy or perhaps a delegate? So I get, okay, this is probably asking about the name of this argument. That would be my guess. Um, let's see, I would almost think just like bus, uh, bus impl. Impl is short for implementation. And this is basically an object that holds the implementation that we're going to use based on which bus it is. So I would almost think just bus impl or bus implementation might be a good name for it. Um, if that's the question that is being asked here with the last one, is, is this a proxy or perhaps a delegate? I, again, I'm not 100% sure if I understand what's being asked, but if it's essentially about the name of this. spell it out all the way. I don't know. I don't know that we would need that one and we could certainly save RAM. That's another project I've been working on is measuring the size of libraries. So stuff like this uh, does actually make a difference in the size of the libraries. So then this just calls through to the new super of that impl. We no longer have to define all of this stuff here because it happens inside of this. We get to cut out that code, basically. We do have a new import inside of here because we need to grab the correct implementation. How's it going, K-Match? Thanks for checking in. I uh, hope you have a nice day and a nice weekend and all of that stuff. We, I talked about it a bit earlier. We've got the final drawing coming up, which will be after this stream. Uh, so the plan is, after I finish down this one, I'm going to go and get some dinner, and then I'm going to collect all the final names, and we'll do the, the next drawing for the remaining Hack Tablet winners later on uh, tonight after that, probably about an hour or so, something like that after the stream. So. Uh, I reminded folks, I let them know that if you are interested in uh, getting your name in for the giveaway, you got to do it now. There's still time, but not much. So do hit that link from before. Uh, get your entry in if you would like a chance to win one of those tablets. And again, thank you so much to Kmatch for uh, making those devices, doing all the work to build that custom board and uh, work on the RGB.clock module inside CircuitPython Core. Uh, hack tab will give away later tonight. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Uh, there's three hard problems in computer science, cache, invalidation, and naming things. Yeah, I totally agreed with that one. Naming things, I, I definitely struggle a lot. Um, 
both with like coming up with good names sometimes, but also sometimes I feel like I'm spending too much time trying to come up with a good name, so it's hard to hard to strike a balance. Right, register, byte, re register. Interesting. I wonder why these weren't implemented before but are now. I guess maybe the not implemented is inside of here now, probably. That's probably it. Yeah, because then I guess we're just always going to be calling proxy on that. Protocol. This was another one of the questions was, is protocol the right name? And I do think it's worth some consideration. Protocol. I do, yeah, I do kind of like, I, I do kind of like protocol. I don't have a better idea there. I mean, we could go towards implementation the same way, like this could be called implementation.py or bus implementation.py or something. Um, but I do actually, I kind of do like protocol here better because protocol to me suggests like, you know, either I2C or SPY, which is exactly what this file holds. This file holds the I2C impl and the SPY impl. They're both here for us to use. Um, I think protocol is good for the name on that one, uh, at least my own sense on that. Um, I'll leave another comment out where I reference that one as well and mention the uh, my input on that. Um, read register. Interesting. It looks like actually these don't raise the non-implemented, so I wonder if there's actually some stuff now that we didn't used to be able to do. I will say, Oop. read and write functions were implemented in the bus specific subclasses. Oh, right, okay, so those were not implemented because that was like the parent class, whereas really the subclass is the one that did it. I see. I'm with you there now, okay. Looked over the code, don't have the sensor to use for testing. I will put the my input on this one, is protocol the right name? I think this is how you make quotes. I should definitely definitely check the preview because I'm not a hundred percent certain.
what was the third question in here was, is there a better name than underscore impl? I, I like implementation for that as well, because it's basically the implementation of the type of bus that we're going to be using. So I, I mean, I know I have seen other things in software where they use this underscore implementation. I will admit I don't necessarily have a strong grasp on uh, I guess like what pattern that is or when that is used, you know, in the, in that pattern. So I don't know if it's a like, quote unquote, strictly proper usage of it, or if there even is a, a proper usage of it, to be honest. Um, I know I've seen it before and it seems like it fits here to me. So yeah, I, w I wouldn't be the one to know like the actual rules around it if there are any any more guidelines or anything, but it seems fine to me. How's it going, Deer Doc? Thanks for tuning in. Okay. And now we'll hit the next one down the list, uh, which is the BME 680, which I do think I found one of. But I will have to go back and get it. This one's draft, so we'll skip that for now. Is this one draft also? This one's actually draft also. Uh, patch. I don't know if Tectric is looking for reviews on this one. It does seem okay to me. I used uh, Checkout version 3 and something the other day when I was working on memory uh, memory size check tools. Um, so I happen to know that this does exist, and these all seem fine to me. For sure. Thank you for working on it. Again, as always, yeah, for sure. Like I'm, I am always happy to try to give feedback on on people who want to contribute stuff. So yeah, thank you for thank you for contributing. Uh, thank you for everyone else who does reviews. I should mention, like we're looking at a, a Tectric pull request here. Tectric has joined the team more recently and does a lot of reviews for us. So thank you to him. Thank you to everybody who submits contributions and everybody who submits reviews. Um, you all are what, what keep the project wheel rolling, if you will. So uh, huge, huge kudos and thanks for that. So those were both drafts. I'll leave the review on the one there um, and we'll call it good on that. Keep bouncing. I did look at this one actually. This one is failing action, so We'll need to get it passing actions before it would be ready to merge anyway. Tammy did leave a review. If four states gonna behave the same way as when the event organically happens, does it need to also set last bounce ticks, last duration ticks, or state changed ticks? Would it be tidier to design this so it can call update and let all of the state change logic be handled consistently? 
whether it comes from a state change event or from the environment. Uh, I do think that's probably a pretty good idea to have it have like the one function that both use essentially. So right now this has force set inside of it, which just says if the current state, I'm pretty sure is what that's going to do. If that is not equal to the new state that the user passed to us, then it's calling set state and it's calling toggle state. Actually, it's calling set state to changed state, which is just a constant. Changed state. I guess changed as in the value has changed. And then it's also doing toggle state Ebound state, which is actually also a constant. But I guess inside of one of these, it must be doing the actual setting of the Boolean. Okay. I do think feeding that through update probably does make sense. We do have update that so we could maybe set something that just says inside update we want to force it to go to the new state uh, without having actually flipped the value of it without having it actually flipped so we we wouldn't you know, look up the new value but we would change the value to whatever the user said we would also let the rest of the stuff inside of here occur which does make sense because then everything that this does would just continue to work the same in the event that you force set it. Which sounds to me like what you would want, but I guess it depends on how you're trying to use it. I could see a world where what you want might be the other way around. Um, this one is mine, so I can't review it. I will point it out here. If anybody who's watching is interested in um, getting involved in the review process, if you anybody who uses um, Display.io, uh, oh, just querying about its status. Merge domain. Oh, thank you. Tectric looks like merge this in. Appreciate that. Um, anybody out there, though, if you're interested in reviewing a display I.O., this is a display button library. And the, what this PR does is it uh, does two things, actually. It splits the library to be a package. So it's uh, today, right now, the current version of this is a single file, Adafruit button. Within that file, there is a single class called button. And this is the whole library today, is this one file with this one class. In the PR, what I have done is switch it over to being a package. So it's now a folder with multiple files. Uh, and there are now two classes. There is the original button class, which works the exact same as it used to. The functionality is the same. But there is also now this new one called well, there's button base, which is actually essentially ties back to like that BME 281 we were looking at. That the whole point of that PR was to remove duplicate code. This button base is the exact same thing. This button base is to remove duplicate code. All the code that works the same for all the buttons goes inside here. They then extend this and then have their own customization. So that's a new class as well, the base to avoid the duplicated code. And then the actual new bit 
which is not just infrastructure. The actual new class is Sprite Button, which allows you to use um, a 3x3 bitmap as your button, and it will stretch it to match whatever size it needs to be for the button. Uh, and there is an example in there as well. So if anybody's interested in getting involved in reviewing, um, be happy to have anybody try that out and leave any, any review comments or anything, thoughts, ideas on there on that display button one. Um, I will chunk along. I think this one hasn't moved for a bit. My guess is we're still waiting on the last bit of changes. One of these days we'll probably come back and just make the just make the changes. Um, I think that the original contributor here mentioned they might not have as much time for it moving forward. So uh, and there's a couple outstanding suggestions from Tectric. Um, but they haven't come back to do them or commented anything. So I think maybe they are probably not coming back to it at least anytime soon. There are some merge conflicts that need to be taken care of and the last couple of review comments need to be taken care of. And then uh, if it's passing after that, we should be able to get it merged, I think. But um, that's where that one's at. And that's, so it's still kind of waiting. One of these days we will put that stuff in, but I don't necessarily want to do that today. Uh, ESP spy stuff. I looked at these things. I think there is no new movement on these. Some of these are drafts. Like this one is a draft. Compatible socket. I did try this one out, um, but I am stuck on it for what to do next. I tried it out and I found that it was not able to download images correctly. The images get like out of order or something. I don't know the right way to describe that, but uh, they get messed up in that way right there. Um, it's because so there's something. There's something that, if I recall right, there's a weird bit of logic. This bit here, yeah, yeah. This bit here, it used to have this logic that said if buff size zero, and then it did something here. I don't remember exactly what it did. It turned out that it, it, it shouldn't have been doing it, it seems like. Um, it's not part of what CPython does, but that's the way that ours behaved. And because of that, when we took this out, then we end up with this problem. So we need to figure out why this happens get it fixed to have it match CPython. Um, but that's a little bit over my head. I don't know really the inner workings of Socket and stuff like that, so I'm not sure I could help too much with that. Um, troubleshooting deeper in it. First stab at PNG support. So this is pretty awesome. Yeah, either way, I'd say that's cool. I mean, it's definitely up to Deshipu if he wants to have uh, Tectric pick it up. But it looks like it's missing maybe just annotations. Uh, I think it's passing actions, so that's a good sign at least for format and all that stuff. Um, I'm interested in trying this one, to be honest with you. I have not tried this one out yet. I kind of want to. Why don't we do that? Um, we should be able to do this on the hack tablet as well, actually. I've got my hack tablet here. I figured it'd be good to do something on it. And this seems like the perfect task because it's display stuff. So we could leave a review for functionality on this one. We know there's outstanding stuff. It seems like just the type annotations, if, if I saw correctly on the review page there. Um, 
but we could test out the functionality and see see how we're going there. Um, so one thing is I have no idea what state my hack tablet is in. Okay, I'm not quite set up with the display stuff in this one. This is just touch only. And let's go back to here. Display initialize. What we'll do is get that new version of image load. If anybody doesn't, if anybody's interested in like reviewing and GitHub, um, the GitHub process of like pull requests and reviews and issues and all that stuff, I cannot recommend enough the uh, GitHub CLI, GitHub command line interface, allows you to do stuff like this. We could go GHPR list, that's going to show us all the PRs, also going to tell us our thing is out of date, so we could go download the new one, not going to do that right now. Here's the PR though, there's one open, it's number 61, this is the name of it, this is the person who did it, uh, or the person and then the branch and then the date, how long ago. So then next you go GHPR checkout right there, 61, boom. Now we've got the code from that PR. We don't have to worry about going to download it from that branch um, specifically or anything like that. This will take care of all of it for us and just basically check us out to the branch that this is on. So what we'll do is then grab image load from here, put it on our tablet. We do have a copy there, I'll delete that one. We'll paste this one. Okay. And we will eventually add some, actually, let's go ahead and do it now, I think. Basically, we'll take simple test. Which load already imported? Oh, yeah, 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 it is. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, group. Uh, I want main group, I think. Oh, we already, actually, we already have main group. Huh. We're going to pin this to main group instead of making a new one. JavaScript today. Uh, okay, and we have while true here, so that should work. And I'm going to move it a bit. This will put it just in the upper left corner. Um, I don't know. We may as well move it in a bit, though, right? Something like that. Just get it out of the corner. 
way we can see the whole picture. And then we'll need a test PNG. Whoa. PNG. And we'll need to make that. So let's go GAMP. We might as well use a picture of Blinka, I think, right? Let's see any reason why not. This is kind of a big one. I mean, we may as well try it though, right? Let's try it. This a PNG? JPEG. So what we'll do is copy, paste it to here. I think it needs to be indexed, but I'm not sure. I would assume this needs to be indexed still. This one also has a big background. We could, of course, cut that out if we wanted, and then we'd have a much smaller file. I'm actually curious if this is going to fit in memory, though, 800 by 480. Um, I'm curious if we have enough RAM for that. So let's give it a try. Save this. Um, I will just, uh, I'll just save one of my downloads, basically, for now, and then we'll copy it from there. Rough the Space Miner game. Where can I find the module display IO list select? Uh, yes, good question. It is in, I believe, the CircuitPython org. GitHub.com slash CircuitPython, and I believe, I don't know if it's in the bundle yet. We should probably add that to the bundle. It's not there yet. Yeah, not there. Only a couple in here so far. Uh, but it is on this org, I believe. Or am I misremembering? List select. Ah, it's not on this one. Is it in the community bundle? Did I add it to the community bundle? Um, or did I only just push it to GitHub? created it with the name as though it will eventually move into the CircuitPython org, but I have not moved it into there yet. So it is under my GitHub now, um, not the CircuitPython org, but it will eventually move over there. It's kind of like CircuitPython org, one of the things that goes inside there are a bunch of these uh, display IO widgets. They don't fit within one of the existing libraries, and they tend to just be like their own self-contained widget in these ones. Um, and a lot of these live under CircuitPython org and are supported by members of the community. So this one will eventually move over to there. For right now, it lives here, though. Um, and yeah, it is not in the bundle yet. Eventually, when we move it over, um, it would end up in the CircuitPython organization bundle, which I'm pretty sure CircuitPython will install from successfully. So And the project bundler on LearnGuide and all that stuff, which is how most folks would probably end up getting the library. But 
This is the one here. Um, yeah, download it from here. For sure. Yeah, thank you. Uh, let's go here. So we did save this. Let's look at our device. Um, test PNG. This is not in images. Do that. I did hard fault on this one, so that's one of the things we need to fix so far still is the... Uh, when the device resets, it's not handling the display properly. So one of the things about CircuitPython is the display uh, continues living after the virtual machine is done. So like after your script is done executing, the display stays alive, uh, which none of the rest of the hardware does really. The rest of the hardware kind of gets reset, but the display actually stays alive. Um, and there's something that needs to be done with the way the memory gets copied. It's a bit over my head. I'm planning to try to dive into it a little more. don't know if I will for sure be able to solve it, but that's the gist of what we're seeing on that is the reset not copying that memory properly, which is then where the uh, hard fault comes from. Just have randomly a true. Why are we... Oh, force refresh. We never call show. Definitely need to do that. So we'll probably get the same thing again. I just hit the reset button to let it actually run. Yeah. Ooh, look at that. That's a fun one. Speaking of like memory copying stuff. Oh. Oh, my feed's dead. Got a lot of blinkers. Um, let's do hit the reset, though. I wonder if that's a clue, the way it duplicated down the side there. There we go. Look at that! We showed a PNG! Uh, it is kind of big though, so I guess we probably will want it actually 0, zero. This might actually be the exact size of this tablet. Wouldn't that be crazy if we just... Accidentally, the first picture we found was the exact size of the tablet. I can't remember if this is 480 by 800 or if it's something different. There, We should be able to find out, though, right? We can just say display. Actually, it might be in the initialization. It is. It is exactly 800 by 480. Look at that. Okay, so we'll put it at 0, 0. Actually, we don't need to set it at all. It'll just start at 0, 0 by default, so we can just remove those. Save that again, and then we'll hit reset to get it to run. I got a couple of delays, and it does take it a second to initialize the screen, so... There we go, and then I assume actually it will also probably take it a second to load this into memory and show it on the display, but 
We made it right there. Look at that. That's beautiful. Let me try um, RGB. I'm curious if that works. I'm curious what it does with transparency. I'm curious about a lot of things. Um, this is awesome, though. Thank you. First, first and foremost, thank you to Deshipu for adding PNG support. I had my eyes set on trying to tackle this at one point, and I started reading into the, the actual specifics inside the PNG spec. Uh, and quickly found that I was out of my depth, so so to speak, for deep dive lingo. It was, I was not. It was too deep for me. Couldn't breathe. Couldn't uh, couldn't really understand what was going on with the way the format works. So, um, I hope one of these days I will get to the point where I understand enough about file formats and the way that graphical data is um, compressed and put into the image. Uh, but I was not there yet. I, I, I looked into it, and it was very quickly apparent that I was not going to really be able to make a meaningful difference, truthfully. Um, this is awesome, though, that it's supported. Let's try a couple of things. Why don't we... Uh, let's take Blinka out of this. So, ah, that does select the eye. Weird, huh? A couple of things weird, actually. Maybe we'll just find a different Blinka. Actually, first things first, let me just try with the same one. But let me just put this on mode and see if that breaks. Mode RGB. This is like normal for PNGs is RGB. Uh, or more common, at least, I think. Um, indexed. I assume it's going to need to be indexed. I know the bitmaps that we use have to be indexed. And so I would guess the same for PNGs. But it would be really sweet if not. What? So we'll go PNG RGB. Try this one out here. Oh, hey, it did this vertical thing again. Interesting. There's an extra line at the top, and we're missing the top bit there, which is interesting. What that's about. It will have hard faulted again, so we'll just do reset. JPEG PNG is a hard place to start for how it's compressed. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah. <laughs> I looked inside bitmap files and I was like, you know, I think I kind of get what's going on inside of here. You know, it's not too crazy. And then I got into uh, PNG and was just like, whoa, I need to understand a lot more concepts, just basic concepts than I do. Filter's not supported. Yeah, so okay. RGB doesn't work. Interestingly, we ended up with this. I'm not sure what's up with that. Probably just because we didn't display anything. Like, we created the display, but didn't end up showing anything on it since we didn't successfully get this um, initialized. So to the best of my knowledge, you cannot have an indexed PNG with transparency. Does that sound right? Yeah, if I, oh. Not actually. If I delete that, we are still indexed.
curious what's the color map like. Oh, there's a lot of colors. I don't see like one that would represent clear, transparent. I don't know how that works. Um, let's see what it does. Nice. Awesome. I'm glad to hear. Thanks for uh, pulling it up. Thanks for trying it out. If you end up uh, tinkering on it any, uh, definitely feel free to share online if you're comfortable with that. I'd be happy to see if folks uh, build on top of that. So this game that's in the chat here that Paul SK has mentioned, this was what I created during uh, Game Jam for CircuitPython Day. So we streamed the evening of CircuitPython Day, and then I streamed a bit the next day. Um, and I spent both of those streams working on this game. Um, I'll call it a game proof of concept. It's It's got the main like game iteration loop in it, but I will say it's not a fully fleshed out game yet. Like It's not balanced and the points are not set up quite right. And there's still other stuff I want to do with it um, at some point in the future. But the bulk of the actual core game loop... Um, the feedback loop of the game, all of that is working. We got that knocked out in the two streams for the game jam. Um, so thank you, Paul, for uh, pulling that up, playing around with it, tinkering, getting it running on your device. That's awesome. Um, we went back to Hardfault. Uh, did I change it in CodePy? Not yet. I mean, I would assume this won't work right, I guess, but curious to see what it does, if it crashes or if it just looks weird in that section or what. Or if it just works. Or it could just work. That'd be cool, too. Is that actually working? Is that actually transparent? If we put another thing behind that, will we see through? Because that would be... That would be very cool. Let's make, uh, can we find an Adabot? This one has transparency too. Do we put a background in it or does it matter? I think we leave it. Let's leave it and see how they layer. You need indexed. We did find that. So I'm going to make another one actually.
the second tile grid. Rename that one. There we go. That there. Save that. So, well, this is actually going to put Adabot on top. I guess we should probably do Adabot first. That. So then it should be below Blinka, and it should also be at 0, 0, which is top left corner. So if the transparency we have in here works, then we'll be able to see through the Adabot. quite, but maybe we messed something up. Let's... Oh! Changed eventually. But it does not show the Adabot. So we saw the Adabot initially. I assume when you saw it while this one was loading. But then once this one actually did load and got shown, it appears to me we don't see the one beneath it. Let's put another thing beneath it that's not a PNG. Um, let's try this out. Uh, we could just make a vector IO shape and throw that back in the back there and see if we see that. Oh, this is interesting. We say we're finished before we basically say we're starting. Seems kind of weird, right? That makes that a little more accurate. It doesn't really matter anyway, it's just pronounced, but... Um, this it's no blue I guess bluish is this the center point the circle first, then we put Adabot, then we put Blinko with transparency. Curious to see if we see anything through. Oh, hey, look at that. We got some of the uh, lower level stuff in there. Interesting. Okay, there's our circle. We don't see it through. We don't see it through Adabot. And then my assumption would be we don't see it through Blinka either. Oh, interesting. The display is starting to uh, decay or whatever. It's like it's ghosty if you don't keep updating it.
Did it crash? Oh, it did crash. Maybe it, I, I think maybe it reset a second time. We might also be out of out of memory, right? This image is huge. Eight hundred by four eighty is a lot of memory, and the Adabot one is actually pretty big as well. This is 32K for the PNG file. And this is another 10.59K, so. Where is it, MP4? Before, let's go F-strings. I like to use F-strings these days. laptop we do that every time when you shut it down it is uh, it's apparently a quirk of the display technology itself the display essentially expects that you will just continually send it the same picture over and over again so other kinds of displays like LCD displays I think but also I'm not an expert on displays this is my understanding of it so Bear in mind, I might not understand it correctly, but my understanding is other kinds of displays, like the one on the Pi Portal, for instance, you send it uh, the data of what you want it to show, and then you don't send it that data again until you're ready to change something. So if you want to move something to a different location, or if you want to change the color, or if you want to draw a new thing, then you send the new data again to tell it to draw the new stuff. Um, but in between, you don't actually have to send it that data on the Pi Portal, on those other types of displays. On this type of display, though, this RGB dot clock display, it seems like it's actually different. It's expecting that you will send it the image, um, you know, all the time, like just constantly, as fast as you can. It's expecting you to send that image to it. And as soon as you stop sending that image, it starts fading away. So you actually have to keep sending it in order to keep it from looking like that. So it sounds like your laptop probably had the same kind of display. And then after you shut it down, of course, you know, eventually the graphics processor stops running. So therefore it stops sending updates to the display. Um, and therefore it would start kind of ghosting, fading away like this. That's your understanding too. Okay. It's good to know I'm at least on the, on the right track or at least, <laughs> you know, am uh, within the realm of reasonability. It's a, a good step for me, I would say. So let's go after, put this one in here. Print those. So we'll see. I, my guess is we actually are probably running out of RAM, honestly. And maybe when it tries to throw the RAM error, we are actually ending up in a hard fault. Shall see, though. So we did get our dot. Vector, uh, vector IO by itself works. We do start loading the Blinka. Ah, okay, no, I finished. So we do see all that stuff. So the one other thing now that I'm curious about, it does not look like we do get to see through the transparency, um, which like, you know, 
that is cool. That makes sense, right? We don't have the ability to do that today. So that would be like an amazing and awesome new feature for sure. One of these days, I'm sure we'll get there, but we're not quite there uh, with this one. What it does is just allow us to use the PNGs. Uh, it does respect the transparency by drawing it um, black. Oh, that's interesting. We got our... Uh, okay, we. I, I think it reset again. I think what happens is um, so, some, something on my computer occasionally writes a file onto this. I don't know if it's PyCharm or something else. I think I've tried to disable that in PyCharm, so I'm not... I, I don't think it's coming from there, but something on my computer, I think, is uh, writing to the drive occasionally, and then that causes it to reset, and then with this device, um, until we get that reset logic for the memory fixed, um, that will cause a hard fault. Um, the next thing, though, that I was curious about is if we shift this image out of the corner, will we be able to see the vector I.O.? So as long as we don't cover it up, will we still be able to see it? Um, so what I'll do is I'm actually going to get rid of second image for now. That's Adabot. We're just going to roll with Blinka and the circle. And what I'll do is just move this, even though it's full size, I'll just move it to 2050. 50. Yeah. Sounds about right. Now this one's fading black. Yeah, the this screen here fades interestingly. It fades like dark at first and then uh or or, or well, it looks light sometimes. Like, eventually it starts looking like it's fading to white, but it's it's really, if you let it sit a very long time, it ends up at kind of a dull shade of gray, somewhere in between. It doesn't quite go all the way black or all the way white. Um, it ends up on a gray in there somewhere. Our circle. So we're trying to move Blinka down to here, and then we should be able to still see the circle, I think. But if we didn't do as much here, if we just did like 25, for instance, then we would only see the top half of the circle. And this must be a clue about what's happening during the reset, the way that this is uh, duplicating down like this. I wonder, this probably tells us something inside the core. I don't think I am smart enough or know enough about it yet to know what it is that it tells us, but that is probably... That is probably a clue that's telling us what is actually happening. The reset occurs compared to what we need. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah, we would need this. Let's try like this. Interesting, that time it got only the bottom half. Can we see the top half but not the bottom? Correct. Okay. So basically, transparency draws as black, it seems like. Transparency in the PNG gets translated to black on the display. Now, one thing we might be able to do. 
might be able to make transparent. Don't know if that will work. We might as well kick the tires while we're here though, right? This is part of the fun of testing new features is figuring out where the bounds are at. So if we say palette.make transparent, we can make individual indexes transparent. So I'll start with just zero. Let's see if that's the black or not. I don't actually know. So this one may not change anything. What I'll try after this is uh, I'll use, can't click in here anymore. Uh-oh. Okay, I will uh, use a for loop and just do like zero through 17 or 18 or something. Those look like all the blacks, um, the shades of black up there at the beginning of the palette. I'm curious to see what just make transparent zero does as well though. That did work. Yeah, zero allows us to see the circle. And we could actually probably put this back to zero as well. And so we can actually see through that. So then I guess the next question, though, I wonder if zero is always the transparent color. Or if that can move around. Within the palette. Okay, so this is actually pretty sweet. We can use the transparency and we, you know, we have to add the one extra line of code or whatever, but we can actually still see through the stuff below it. If we were to put Adabot back now, we would actually, I think, see Adabot as well. And if we did, um, in here, if we did... Zero. I think in this case we might actually be able to see all three of them stacked. Let's find out what's zero here. Looks like it has black at zero as well, so. Nice. That is awesome. So the rest of those, like, 0 through 17 or whatever, those must be black from the outline of Blinka and Blinka's eye and stuff like that. The 0 index black, though, is what was occupying this side over here, the transparency. And that is working on all of these. Adabot works the same. The transparency is 0. As long as we do make transparent like that, we're able to see through the stuff below it, which is awesome.
Was there a um, example? Not yet. My only feedback really would be uh, providing an example would be pretty nice, but I would be happy to work on the example um, for Deshippo so he doesn't have to mess with that, right, if he doesn't want to. I am super stoked for this capability. I would do anything I could to help help move it along for sure. So tested this successfully on, we'll say, uh, on um, a hack, hack tablet. And then I'll put the, uh, the actual stuff that this device is, which is is its own kind of custom build and stuff. So it's, you know, we would want to probably also test it on a quote unquote normal device, if you will. But this is what I've got loaded up for now. leave what we tested with here and then I'll just mention my only other feedback which is just that it'd be nice to provide an example also but we will definitely get an example one way or help however I can to okay here we go maybe let's go slightly more complete senses I realize I'm just starting senses randomly
tried to load a PNG and I got uh, filters not supported. I saw that earlier as well. That means, well, in my case, what that meant was that my PNG was RGB mode. I had to change it to indexed. Um, so if you are using GIMP, it's under image right here and then mode. RGB tends to be the default. So if you just got your picture off the internet or somewhere, um, most likely this will be on mode RGB already. You can just swap it over to indexed. Um, if you're not using GIMP, then search like whatever program you are using. So like Photoshop, I assume if you're not using GIMP, it's probably Photoshop. Um, and so you could search something like Photoshop, convert PNG to indexed or something like that. Probably get the steps in that tool or whatever tool you're using. But that would be my guess. Um, I think that error technically pretty much just means that it needs to be indexed instead of RGB as far as the color mode. Type annotations. Tectric has taken on this one a little while ago. Guessing maybe this one too. Yep. Feedback. Urged. Previous animation. Definitely like Catney review that one. LED animation is definitely, uh, I don't know, kind of a pet project, I guess, of Katni. Katni and uh, Rose uh, worked on LED animation closely together. Katni did the guide for it and stuff, so there's a lot of experience working on it for sure. Has the capability to use FIFO buffer. IFO buffer, huh? I'm surprised Pylon didn't complain about this not being at the beginning. I guess I don't, I still have not quite learned all of the ways of Pylint yet, but I feel like I sometimes get errors that are like, this input should go, or, or uh, this import, rather, import should go before this other import. This one looks like it moves it down though, so I guess whatever's in my mind must be backwards from how it is or something. FIFO enabled, FIFO mode, raw FIFO, FIFO acceleration. The acceleration value stored in the FIFO buffer plus the three tuples XYZ sine floats. What is the Difference? What does this way of doing it... What is the functional difference? Is it basically just the... Is it basically just that it stores a historical list of acceleration values? That way... If you don't pull for the new values soon enough, you can still get the last couple of values. Like maybe the old way of doing it was when you pull, when you pull, P-O-L-L, -L, when you pull the chip, 
maybe you get the current value and that was just it. But this one stores them in the buffer that way if some motion occurs but you didn't happen to actually pull right then and there in your code, now maybe your code was doing something else, updating a display or something, but then you check it after the fact. This would, it seems like, let you get that old value, which with the old way it would have been gone. By the time you check it again, you know, it would give you the current, you know, current acceleration values, but you might miss that one from in between. That's my best guess as to the actual, like, nuts and bolts physical difference, like, actual difference this makes. Um, that's my best guess. The code seems fine to me. Um, I can't say as though I have a ton of experience or expertise inside of like these I2C driver libraries just yet. So I don't know that I would necessarily be the one to spot like an inaccurate or a, a you know, if there was a better way to do this with these bits and, and stuff like that, like, I don't know that I would necessarily be the one to be able to know that. But as far as the code that is here, this does look pretty standard to me uh, for I2C slash spy drivers. This looks pretty similar to what I see in all of them, where it's reading bytes out of the registers, sometimes unpacking data from a struct. Um, it's often very, you know, very common that there's like a raw data function and then, you know, an actual property. I, I guess this one could be a property. That's, that's probably my only feedback as far as the code itself, I think. Um, let's take a look at the current file file is this? LSM 303 Excel. So my guess is there will be value and value will be or uh, acceleration. Acceleration. Raw acceleration. Yeah. Acceleration is a property. Generally, we like to use properties for accessing data and setting things. And it looks like, if I understand right, actually, well, oh, no, no, this is mode though. Yeah, 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 here, we're not passing anything in. So I do think this could be a property. And I'm pretty sure that I do have an LSM 303. 
I want errors. Try to load uh, yeah, index, not RGB then. Thanks. Yep. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, what's the third one? Determining if your program... Oh, this is back to the quote from before, the three hard problems. What's the third one? Determining if your program finishes even when you do the orbiting black hole trick and off by one errors would be the answer. Yeah. <laughs> off by one errors, definitely. Whole class of its own errors. I still run into off by one errors. Sometimes. 303 AGR, is that? That one actually does say AGR on there. Is there an LSM three hundred three that's not AGR? Yes. This is another one where I'm getting tricked. I think I have one of these, but maybe I'm wrong. So I could have swore I've used one of these before in my own stuff. It does only just say AGR. remember that part of it. Okay, I'm going to check. I'm going to run and look. At, well, let me see what... I'll look in the ones I brought, because I did bring this case down. No. No accelerometers in this one. This one has got a lot of more weird stuff like RGB sensors, the fan controller, digital potentiometer, the trust chips, EEPROM, RAM. Okay, one more second here. I'm going to see if I do have this device. Uh, I promise I won't be gone for too long. Thanks for hanging in there. Okay, I have LSM 60S. This is the wrong one, I think, but this was one of the ones that is making me think I have it. Um, 
you have this LSM 303-DLHC. DLHC. Like this for now. So does this one use this library? It is weird, it doesn't, sh I guess, discontinued. Ah, okay, yeah, there's what we've got right there. Okay. Ah, okay, and AGR is the new Stemma version. Okay. Also grabbed this little breadboard with a Stemma connector. take three to five volts safely so we should just be able to use the stem port you know what I never remember is which color is SDA and which color is SCL Blue is SDA. And ground. VIN. So this we'll just use. I was about to say, did I just find the one thing that this Feather TFT doesn't have? Does it really not have stem port? But no, of course, it definitely has stem port. It has everything. Let's have to look that up. Yeah. I've, I've probably looked up that color code a hundred times. Well, maybe not a hundred. At least a dozen times, for sure. Okay, so we've got this connected to the stem port. I think we're hooked up here. Um, I think I'll head out after this, but I will try to test this out. So if anybody has last thoughts, comments, questions, interaction, anybody wants to do any of that, now's the time, because I'm going to head out after I do this. And like I said before, then it's dinner time, and after that we're doing the drawing. So again, last warning, pretty much. We're pretty much to the last warning here. Uh, if you want to enter the Hack Tablet giveaway and you have not done so yet, 
you need to do it pretty much now because you are running out of time quick. Um, so. I don't have this library yet. Catch up here. Is that a fish elephant? When I learned CS, the teacher said that halting problem is undecidable unless you're orbiting a black hole. Unlimited time to this day. I'm not sure if that was a joke or not. Couldn't tell you there. SC Lemon SC Azure. Even then, it wouldn't work for factorials, algorithms, and such because being a black hole would dissipate first. Missed most of the stream. We'll watch it later. How's it going, DJ Devin? Thanks for uh, tuning in if you're here. And yep, you can definitely catch the VOD. Uh, and I thought, I'm, not, I'm, in, I'm in CS, not astrophysics. Hacktable giveaway is still going on. I thought that finished up on CircuitPython Day. Nope, not yet. Today is the last day. We're drawing the names this evening. So if you have not entered and you want to enter, you need to do it pretty much right now. So after this stream concludes, which is coming up here in a few minutes, then I'm going to go and eat dinner. After I eat dinner, I'm going to get all of the entries together, put them into the hat, so to speak, that I pulled the names out of, and we're going to, uh, I'll pop back on the stream on my own channel, and we'll pull the remaining three names. Where is the entry system for the hack tablet? Yeah, I'll get the link again. Let me do that. Uh, huh? This was on gist. Looks like I closed it. Uh, and it, it is only one entry per person, so if you have already entered, you don't need to enter again. Um, if you did enter before we did the prior drawing a couple weeks back, then you will just automatically be in there this time unless you won one last time. So here's the link again. I'm dropping that in both the YouTube and the Discord chat. This is the page that has the information. So head here, read the information, and then this link right here, entry form, that's what you want to click, and then fill out the information that is on this uh, form. It's basically going to be your email and a couple of questions like if you're willing to help us out testing builds and what your level of comfort is if you're like building your own stuff or just installing one we do or something like that um and then answers to a couple other questions to make sure you understand the nature of the project and stuff so head there again you want to click on entry form it's about halfway down that link that i shared you uh, and again we are running out of time fast so if you again haven't done that and want to be entered now is the time head there right now and enter because um, there is not much time left. I'm going to be eating dinner, and then I'm going to basically close entries by pulling all the uh, details and putting them into the hat to draw. So do that ASAP. Copy this. We'll put it on our device. Inside lib, though. We'll get the example, example test. There we go, we got our values. 
Uh, one thing we'll check is, is there an example in the PR? Because if not, then I would say basically some of my feedback is the same as the previous one, which is it'd be nice to include an example. Um, and I don't see one in here, so I will leave that comment as well. see drawing be on stream or offline after stream kind of thing it will not be on this exact stream that you're watching right now uh, but it will be on stream i will stream over on my own uh, channel uh, twitch um, foamy guy underscore twitch on twitch and then foamy guy on youtube i'll drop links in the live broadcast chat I, I, i'm pointing over there because that's where it's at on my screen although it occurs to me that it's not over there for all of you but that's all right um yeah, I'll drop links in the live broadcast chat. It will be technically a different stream. I'm going to shut this one down. I'm going to go and eat, and then I'm going to come back, stream onto my own account, and we'll do the drawing there. Uh, but it will be live on stream for everybody to watch along and see if you won, but just on different stream technically, not this one. Uh, I think it would be nice if we include an example inside of the examples directory that shows how to use the new functionality. Didn't know there was a stream going on. Yeah, yeah, we're streaming right here. Uh, well, I guess probably you can't hear me if you didn't know there was a stream because you're probably not watching, unless you are now, in which case, hi, and thanks for tuning in. Um, yeah, let's do that, submit review. I will test it out though. We should be able to just do what? Um, Set the mode, set the FIFO mode. Do one of these FIFO mode FIFO. So let's print once before the loop. Live broadcast topic. That's a, oh, well, yeah, that's true. It is live broadcast inside Discord. That's a good point. Yeah, generally this chat is this, this channel or whatever they call it in Discord. This one is typically just for live streams occurring. Uh, so this was FIFO mode equals, oops. We need to go like this again. We need to get the modified version, GHPR checkout 14. That's actually the one we want to copy to our device. Uh, 
So once we have set the mode, we should then be able to say FIFO acceleration. This should give us back a scaled FIFO, which is a list. Method, right? I suggested changing it to a property, but it's not a property yet. It's a method right now. There we go. There's our list. I Again, I don't necessarily know what I'm looking for. I will say one thing that I do find odd is these aren't changing. I am moving this around, and those numbers appear to be the exact same every time. I don't know. I don't know if that's what we are expecting or not. I will report what I saw, though. Read a data sheet on how Discord for it works. The GH tool is amazing. Yeah, I 100% agree. The GH tool uh, makes a lot of review stuff a lot, a lot, a lot easier. I used to like always go find the right branch and have to add a remote and check it out and do all that stuff. Um, this makes it a lot simpler. They're, they're calling this over and over, so we should. I was going to say maybe it's not updating itself or something, but... Make this shorter. Don't need the comments or the doc strings or anything just for a sample code inside of a issue on GitHub or a pull request either.
Okay, so we'll leave that comment. We'll see if uh, the author of the PR can add any more details about like if this would be expected to work and print different values or if it's expected to do exactly what it is doing, which is printing the same value over and over. Same list of values, actually, because it is a list of values. You know, it is actually a list of the exact same tuple over and over again. Yeah, I didn't see that before, but it is actually a list of the exact same tuple over and over. Interesting. I mean, maybe you need to take acceleration values also? The only thing I could think. I'm still seeing the same ones over and over. So this one here is my print that's coming from this. And then the, these are the same tuple. I'm guessing I either have not configured it correctly or I'm just not understanding how it works. Or the other option is my sensor is weird or I don't have it hooked up right or something like that. But uh, one thing I will do is go back to the simple test and just make sure we're seeing differing values with that. I don't see five flow acceleration in the library code, so not sure what it's calling. That is the PR, yeah. So the currently released library doesn't have FIFO acceleration, uh, but the version inside this PR right here, pull number 14, I'll drop the link there. That is the pull request, which has the modified version of the code. Um, and if you want to actually see the code, you could click through to this branch right here, Timber 77 main. Um, that would allow you to actually look at the code that contains the new stuff. FIFO, if you search that up, you could find it. Um, yeah, that's the new stuff there. Or if you're familiar with the command line tool, um, there's a command line tool called GH, GHCLI, the GitHub command line tool, which is what I used. And it allowed me to just clone the repo uh, and then run this command like GHPR checkout the number, which is 14, and then that downloaded the code for me so that I could copy it from here to my device. So those are the ways to get to the code. It is interesting that this is printing the same thing every time. Um, maybe my sensor is just wonky or something. I don't actually know. Oops. I'm going to give it one more sanity check, and then I think I am going to head out. Okay, yeah. The, uh, the sensor. My sensor is wonky. Because even with this version, we're getting the same thing printed every time. And actually, it looks pretty close to the one we had before in the list, so something weird's going on. Don't know what it is.
Right, well, okay, one more thing we'll try is back to the stock library. Speaking of awesome command line tools, Circa. Would you adjust the rate and bandwidth? Could you adjust the rate and bandwidth just in case? Um, I I don't know how, and unfortunately, I am about to head out. I don't necessarily want to spend too much more time. So it is possible that I, like I don't know enough about the driver to say if I could or couldn't or how to do that. Um, so for right now, the answer is going to have to be no. I can't necessarily do that right away, but I will try to look into it when I get back to this. But for yeah, for right now, I am about to head out and, and run and get food. And then, like I said earlier, uh, get all the entries together and do the uh, final drawing for the hack tablets. Yeah, see, now I have stock library and stock example. And I'm still getting the same thing, which is this is not changing. So I am thinking something weird is going on in my setup. I must not be set up correctly. Or, or, or maybe my hardware is broken. I guess that could be possible as well, but most likely there's just something weird in my setup. that there we may poke around at that a bit tomorrow as well for folks that don't know i do stream saturday mornings as well so uh in addition to the stream a little later tonight on my channel for the drawing i will be back on my channel as well tomorrow morning saturday at 10 a.m central time um, that is the time of my normal weekly uh saturday morning stream so if you're interested in this kind of content um you can follow me again on twitch foamy guy underscore twitch you can also just head over to the live broadcast chat, which is the Discord that's showing in the window right down there, and I will post links in there when I get started on my own channel. Uh, the Adafruit channel is a little bit bigger, has lots more subscribers. I don't tend to drop the links in there because folks know when it's going on. Um, for mine, uh, you know, a little bit smaller, don't have as many subscribers and stuff like that, so I drop the links there just to make it easy, especially because YouTube, it changes from week to week. Um, if I if I could make it use the same URL, I'd be happier to just set it once and not put, paste it every week, but it actually does update every week, so I'll paste those. So I'll be back tomorrow for that. I'll be back here in about an hour or two uh, to do the final hack tablet um, drawing. So again, this is like your absolute last chance right now. If you're interested in the hack tablet and you want to get entered into the giveaway, 
you pretty much need to do that right now because I'm going to be closing that down here very shortly. So uh, head to that link. I pasted it earlier in both of the chats. Um, get to the link, follow the entry form link, fill out the form. That'll get you entered to win the hack tablet. Um, if you if you haven't done that within like about the next 20 to 30 minutes, then you're going to lose the opportunity to do it because I'm going to close it down to get all the names together. So uh, please do that. Thank you again to everybody who did. Uh, thank you to everybody who's watching. Thank you definitely to Kmatch for all of his support with the hacked tablets generally, creating those devices uh, and making enough of them to be able to share with the community. Um, huge hug report for that. And yeah, I think that's going to do it for tonight. So thank you for watching, everybody. Um, I'll be back here in about an hour or two for the drawing stream. It'll be a short one, but I'll draw the names on stream. Um, we'll give away a couple more hack tablets, and that's it for me. So yeah, thanks again, everybody. I'll see you all next time.